The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome, Giants fans. You are listening to the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of the SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine, lead blogger at BigBlueView.com, and we come to you on Thursday, December 27, a couple of days after Christmas. Hope you had a great holiday. And I hope that your that your entire holiday season continues to go well. We have a lot to discuss on today's podcast as your New York Giants enter the final week of their 2018 season. A little bit later, we'll be hearing from R.J. Ochoa of SB Nation's Dallas Cowboys website, Blogging the Boys, as we preview Sunday's season finale against the division champion Cowboys. First, though, we have quite a few things to discuss as the Giants enter their final week of the season. Lots of of things going on. Let's start with Odell Beckham and injury news. Beckham obviously hasn't played for the last three weeks due to his quad injury, has not practiced this week. As I record this show, it appears that the Giants uh, have not yet put Beckham on injured reserve or have not yet admitted that Beckham will not play on Sunday, but it seems pretty apparent that the star wide receivers season is over. And at this point, that's quite obviously the prudent, smart thing to do is not risk Beckham in a game that that has no real meaning in terms of the standings. Obviously, don't tell Pat Shermer that the game has no meaning There is meaning in the sense that the Giants are continuing to try to build. They're continuing to try to evaluate. They're continuing to try and bring a core of players together, you know, for the future. But in terms of this season, the game has no meaning. And the prudent thing to do is not expose Beckham or any injured player at this point, you know, to an unnecessary risk. Second thing to talk about is obviously the the future of quarterback Eli Manning. 
We don't know at this point what the Giants' plan is going to be. We have spent a lot of time at Big Blue View discussing Manning, uh, writing about uh, what the, the future might be. We have a piece coming up later this week from quarterback guru Mark Schofield that should lay out his plan for how he would proceed uh, if he were the Giants' general manager in terms of uh, of what he would do you know, to, uh, to address the future at the quarterback position. We've said a number of times Manning has played much better in recent weeks. The Giants' offense has functioned better. There is no definitive decision from the Giants yet, but it appears more and more likely, or at least let's put it this way, that it appears more and more that there is a path for the Giants to continue with Manning as their quarterback next season, at least at the beginning of the year. How they address the future, whether they draft another quarterback, whether they look for a young veteran uh, via trade, you know, to add to their quarterback room, you know, as a guy who could possibly take over for Manning down the line, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, we should hear from all of the Giants' decision makers after Sunday's game against the Cowboys. Usually we hear from the head coach, we hear from the general manager, and we hear from co-owner John Mara in the week following the season. I would expect that that would be the case again next week. I doubt that they'll give us you know, every last detail of what their plan is, but perhaps when we hear from those gentlemen, we'll have a little bit better idea you know, of how the Giants plan to proceed with the quarterback position and with many of the other offseason questions that they have. And that's the other thing to address. Pat Shermer said the other day that he does have a blueprint in mind for what the offseason should look like. The Giants have a great many personnel questions. Pat Shermer has said multiple times that he would like most of this roster that the Giants currently have to be back with the Giants next season, and that's understandable. The Giants did go through a massive roster transformation this season. You can't do that every single year. You just can't continue to churn you know 30 35 40 players every year you have to have some continuity if you ever hope to build something so hopefully the Giants will be able to do that in 2019 they obviously have lots of roster decisions to make beyond the quarterback position what to do with Olivier Vernon Janoris Jenkins some of their other high-paid veterans We'll spend a lot of time at Big Blue View throughout the offseason addressing those questions. Did a podcast here right before Christmas uh, discussing potential keepers on the 2019 roster. Did a post on Big Blue View on that as well. So please, you know, remember to check those out as you're uh, as you're looking for things to uh, to keep you occupied here uh, during the uh, during the holiday season. Uh, right now, what I would like to do is bring in R.J. Ochoa of Blogging the Boys. What you'll hear next is an interview that R.J. and I recorded regarding Sunday's game against the Cowboys. Okay, Giants fans, we're joined now by R.J. Ochoa, producer of SB Nation's Dallas Cowboys website, Blogging the Boys, to uh, talk a little bit 
about Sunday's relatively meaningless season finale at MetLife Stadium. RJ, how you doing today? I'm doing well, Ed. I do want to correct you. SB Nation's NFC East champion Dallas Cowboys site blog on the boys, just to be clear. Yeah, oh, for the, pur- well, for the purposes of detail, you know what I mean? Just- well, you know, I, I, I was about to congratulate you, but we're going to we're going to play it like that, huh? Hey, I mean, you know, if we weren't playing it like that, we wouldn't be playing by the rules of Cowboys Giants. And, you know, that's just kind of how we got to roll. Well, all right. You know, so so congratulations on your NFC title, which, you know, I really hate to admit is the third Dallas NFC East title in five years. That's correct. Yeah, Jason Garrett uh, won his first in 2014. That was obviously the the Romo year and the Des Cotta year. And um, I think the most impressive part about that to me is the turnover that's happened within the Cowboys in that time span that you mentioned. I mean, they've changed quarterbacks. They've changed running backs. They've changed premier wide receivers. They've changed middle linebackers. They've changed their entire secondary. They've changed kickers. I mean, Dan Bailey was a god in Dallas. And uh, the fact that, you know, they've undergone such a transformation and still pulled out 60% of division titles. I mean, it's not a Super Bowl, but it's still uh, it's still impressive to a small degree. No, I mean, we won't, uh, you know, I, I, I won't sit here and rub in the fact that, you know, beyond those NFC East titles that, that, that you haven't done much of anything with them at all. That's true. Uh, but I will say in the previous two instances, the Cowboys were spelled from the playoffs by Aaron Rodgers. And thank God there is no Aaron Rodgers in this playoff field. So who knows? I mean, that's that's been their kryptonite and it's not there. Well, there is that. You know, the one time the Giants made the playoffs, it was Aaron Rodgers and, and the Packers that bounced them out. So we have that in common. Hey, you know, uh, it's the small things that unite us. Uh, and, and and you know what? That was the week before he took out the Cowboys. So uh, back-to-back weeks, he broke our hearts. So let's talk a little bit about this particular Cowboys team. When I think about Dallas in the last few years, I think about a team that more or less tried to use its offense to protect a defense that, to be honest, probably wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. But but when I look at this Dallas team, this is different. This is a team with an offense that ranks in the bottom 25% in the league, probably, or bottom third of the league. But this is a team with a really young, really talented defense that, that you're winning with. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's interesting, a a very sort of large flip of the script, as you mentioned, Um, you know, because when I think of teams like this, I think of, you know, maybe the 07 Giants, you know, kind of come to mind. Uh, I think of the Jaguars last season, you know, I think of the Vikings, the year Adrian Peterson broke 2000 yards, you know, those teams that can really run the ball and and just play some stout defense and kind of hold on. And the Cowboys kind of just turned into that overnight. Almost. They, um, they have a lot of resources, obviously invested on the defensive side of the ball. Demarcus Lawrence has really blossomed into the war daddy that Jerry Jones really wanted, and obviously Leighton Vander Esch has been incredible throughout his rookie season. Uh, Byron Jones has been fantastic. It's his first season playing corner after Chris Richard came over from the Seattle Seahawks, but I think the story of sort of what made their defense great, and, and you know, I'm choosing to focus on, on this side of the ball versus the seemingly regression that we've seen on offense, but 
this season has been the materialization of all the second round picks that the Cowboys have have sort of bought lottery tickets with. You know, they drafted Randy Gregory. That was a real big risk, and that's really paid off this season. Obviously, there's no question that they took a huge risk by drafting Jalen Smith, and that has really uh, come to life this season. So all those those lottery tickets the Cowboys are cashing in right now, and they've they've got a pretty solid defense that you know, uh, put together their signature win of the season when they beat the Saints a few weeks back. And so it's very exciting. There's no question about that. You know, it's an interesting blueprint, RJ, in the fact that that the Giants also have that offense that's built, you know, around uh, Eli Manning in the sense that they want him to be efficient. They don't want him to have to throw 40 or 45 times a game. They want the offense to run through Saquon Barkley and they're getting there with you know with playing offense that way but when you look at the sort of blueprint that Dallas has established you know what the Giants don't have at this point is that that defense that can really shut people down and and even in this day and age where everybody talks about Patrick Mahomes and and you know offenses with the LA Rams running up and down the field I think what Dallas is showing is that defense first sort of blueprint still works. I think it it certainly works. And that's why I, I do think of the Jaguars last season, because I think I think the necessary complement to that is the ability to run the ball, uh, which is sort of defense on offense to a degree. Um, but. Yeah, I, I think you know the Giants are really interesting. I was really fascinated all season to watch Barkley uh, because I, I feel like the Giants got to do what the Cowboys missed on. You know, it was so exciting to consider what Zeke could have been next to Tony Romo. Obviously, we never got that chance because Romo got hurt. You know, they never played it down together, and so it was kind of interesting to see. Well, how's Barkley going to play next to Eli Manning? Well, he kind of turned things around overall offensively there, and you know, the Giants' offense has has sh- certainly shown some signs of life lately. Uh, but obviously, you know, things have gone one direction for, for your franchise. But it is, you know, I mean, I, I guess the, the biggest sort of sign of optimism that the blueprint you mentioned can work is that game against the Saints. I mean, the Saints were one of the NFL's highest flying, fastest paced offenses and their defense shut them down. And it makes you wonder if the Cowboys offense could just 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 do something I mean, just be functional you know uh what their overall team could be and, and hopefully they figure that out pretty soon when I look at your when I look at this Dallas team I need to ask you Dallas was three and five at the buyer at the middle at the mid part of the season what for you has been the biggest change the biggest turnaround in this team you know from that three and five record I think honestly, and it sounds cliche, uh, and that's kind of the Jason Garrett way, so I'm really bummed that that's the route I'm taking here, but (laughs) um, I I think they just stopped eliminating mistakes. I mean, you know, there were winnable games, uh, you know, in those first five losses. You know, I think everybody saw the Cowboys lose on Sunday Night Football in Houston. That was a really winnable game uh, that they dropped the week after the Giants beat the Texans, actually. And so, you know, they, they were mental errors. They were lackadaisical things. And the Cowboys, for whatever reason, under Jason Garrett, 
they perform pretty well historically when their backs are against the wall. And there's no question that their backs are against the wall. And they had a huge, you know, when I talked about it, we wrote about it and talked about it belong on the boys. We called that five-game stretch a gauntlet. I mean, they had to go to Philadelphia and, you know, obviously take on the reigning world champs on Sunday Night Football. They had to go to Atlanta where their season broke last season. They had to come back and host the Redskins who were at the time on fire and nobody knew what would happen with Alex Smith. But, you know, host them on Thanksgiving. And the Saints, I mean, you know, and then to top it all off, uh, host the Eagles once again. And I, I thought at best they would win two games of that. And and that was even before they started off three and five, just looking at that stretch at the beginning of the season. But they found a way to really dial in and really just eliminate mistakes. You mentioned falling to three and five in that game that the Cowboys fell to three and five. Dak threw that horrible interception early on when he was just so keyed in on Amari Cooper and he held on. He completely and totally eliminated mistakes didn't throw a single interception until the second Eagles game that final game of that five game stretch and you know the Cowboys just were laser focused and sometimes that's enough I mean they they barely did enough don't get me wrong in certain points of that stretch but uh, it was enough to put together five wins which was ultimately enough to win the division so final question for you you guys have a game on Sunday in MetLife Stadium against the Giants And obviously, you know, the way that I wrote it at Big Blue View this week was, you know, the Cowboys have bigger fish to fry. This game Mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't mean anything to Dallas in terms of the standings. It really doesn't mean anything to the Giants in terms of the standings. The Giants are going to finish where they're going to finish. I mean, the only thing that really matters is at this point is, you know, they've got five wins. Are they going to have six? Where are they going to end up in the in the draft order? What are we going to see from Dallas on Sunday? Are we going to see, you know, a glorified fourth preseason game where a lot of guys don't play? Are we going to see guys play a little bit and then and then sit down? You know, what what might we see from from Dallas this week? Well, it's interesting. Uh, Four years ago, the first of of these three division titles, the Cowboys had a meaningless game in Washington uh, to end the season. And Jason Garrett did play the Cowboys was most of that game. In fact, they played about three and a half quarters uh, before he ultimately pulled them. They were playing in the wild card round that season. They, they did. That was the year they beat the Lions in the playoffs. And uh, two years later, two seasons ago, the Cowboys had a meaningless game in Philadelphia in the final week of the regular season. And that game, they really took their foot off the gas. I think Dak Prescott played a series. Zeke didn't play at all. That was the final touchdown throw of Tony Romo's career that a lot of people have seen before. So this is kind of, you know, maybe more close to that 2014 version, obviously, with the fact that they're playing next week. I don't think that Zeke will play at all in this game. I think it'd be foolish. I know he's obviously in contention for the NFL's rushing title, but he does have a sizable lead. Uh, I don't think that Zach Martin will play. That much has all been confirmed by the Cowboys. I don't think Tyron Smith will play. And if you're not trotting out Zach Martin and you're not trotting out Tyron Smith, then uh, it doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense to get Dak Prescott, uh, you know, too much game action so I think maybe Dak plays a quarter I mean maybe he plays two three series um but overall I I, I would be shocked if if he and Amari Cooper played if, if we're you know halfway through the second quarter and they're still playing I'd be a little stunned I think the Cowboys realize that they uh they have a big time game next week probably against the Seahawks and um you know it, it'll be interesting I, I will say I know this isn't an answer to the question I'm really excited for this game and I, I say this with respect 
because it might be Eli's last. I know you guys have a lot of questions over there, but Eli has meant a lot to uh, to me personally in in my Cowboys fandom. I mean, I've spent a lot of nights in my life really upset because of, of uh, losses that the Cowboys have had, and Eli's made it a race. And if this is the last go around the bend, then uh, you know I, I tip my cap to Eli and everything that the Giants have had going on. It's been fun. That's that's an interesting way to put it because there's such a, a large segment of the Giants fan base that, to be honest, I mean, can't wait for some, for the Giants to show Eli the door. You know, it, it is interesting, and this this is a little hot take-ish, and I, I'm careful, you know, in, in wording this with Cowboys fans, but I think Eli has suffered, you know— potentially what the fate of Romo could have been. You know, Romo has been made a a bit of a martyr. I don't think there's any denying that with the way his career ended. I mean, he was a great quarterback, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, the the guy was sort of slayed and battled, if you get my drift. And whereas Eli has has whimpered his way through the battle. And, and again, I say that out of respect. You know, Tony Romo had played pretty poorly in the four games that he did play in 2015. If he had not gotten hurt, I mean, there's a chance that, you know, he comes out in 2016 and he plays, you know, average or whatever. And, you know, this mystique that people have of him is damaged. Whereas the, the last sort of imprint that people have of Tony Romo is that 2014 season where Des caught it and that was perhaps his greatest season as the Cowboys quarterback and so you know maybe Eli's held on too long and that's damaged his reputation but I tell you what I remember a lot of times in in my day rooting for the Cowboys that um that ended in sadness because of him and uh you know he's uh he's made it fun and uh, if this is the end, it was it was uh it was a lot of fun. I mean, it didn't go great, but it was definitely fun. Well, you know, the last thing I'll say about Eli Manning is the one thing that I always warn Giants fans about is, look, the last time the Giants tried to replace a franchise quarterback was when they let Phil Simms go in 1993. Mm-hmm. And it took until 2004 when Eli Manning showed up to actually get that done. Just because you use a first-round pick or just because you bring in a young guy, it doesn't always happen. And I'm not sure that that Dallas fans consider Dak Prescott to be a franchise quarterback, but but you've managed to win games with him. You've managed to do some good things. And and you you, you just don't automatically replace a guy who – who has done the kinds of things that, you know, that any franchise quarterback has done for, for, for his team. I think that's well said. Um, and, and I think that, you know, it, it's easy to be dissatisfied in the moment, but I think you're right. I think that Giants fans will certainly um, at, at some point long for Eli, you know, the, the future is scary. It's unknown. You never know what it's going to bring. You never know what it's going to yield. And I will say it's a really fascinating time in the NFC East. And I, I imagine that makes it concerning for Giants fans, but you look at it, I mean, what what quarterback are you supremely confident in in the division? And I say that mindful of who Carson Wentz is, but, you know, the Nick Foles thing, thank God we don't have to deal with these problems. But, uh, you know, that, that situation is wild. I mean, so, you know, the time would seemingly be now, you know, if you could control it to find your guy because – you know, Washington's going to be spinning in circles for a while. And, you know, Dak is, as you mentioned, certainly somebody that has his own question marks. It's it's an interesting time. It's it's very fascinating. Oh, the NFC East is always fascinating, RJ. And, hey, congratulations on, on another NFC East title. 
thank you uh, a whole lot for spending some some time you know with me today talking about this this game on Sunday that that I know you don't care about but uh, <laughs> but uh, all right so we'll talk to you again soon and and good luck in the playoffs Thank you very much. Uh, appreciate it. Cowboys Giants is always a lot of fun. And I hope uh, next season both games have meaning because it's it's a better life that way. Yes, it is. All right, RJ. Thank you very much. Okay, Giants fans, our thanks to RJ Ochoa of Blogging the Boys for discussing Sunday's upcoming season finale against the Dallas Cowboys. We thank you, as always, for listening. We hope that you have a happy and safe new year. As for me, I won't be back on the air here on Big Blue View Radio until after the new year. Please, though, remember to uh, tune in and check out the uh, the draft-related podcast that Chris Flum and Dan Pizzuto will put together. That hits the airwaves each week on Friday. Check out Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Be sure to subscribe. Check out our website at BigBlueView.com. Follow me on Twitter at BigBlueView. Check out our Instagram page at Big underscore Blue underscore View.com. If you're a Facebook user, join our our community on Facebook and uh, you know contribute to the discussion there. All right, Giants fans, thank you. Have a great New Year. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.